0: Good job, listeners, and welcome to this bonus episode of the Forecast Fest. I'm, of course, Harry Joseph Strasburg-Enton. Well, folks, if you thought the Democratic primary field wasn't crowded enough, billionaire businessman Michael Bloomberg is on the case. After saying in March that he wouldn't run for president, the former New York City mayor is apparently backtracking and preparing a run for a 2020 bid. According to a spokesman, Bloomberg is expected to file the necessary paperwork to get on the Democratic primary ballot in Alabama by the Friday deadline. Kate is not able to join us, but we do have John Avalon with us by phone. John, what's your first thought?
1: We're both New Yorkers, so we know that Mike Bloomberg has flirted with running with the presidency probably a half dozen times over the past decade. This had been rumored. Uh, There was a sense that he was dissatisfied with his decision not to get in. He saw Tom Steyer get on the ballot, make the debate stage. And I think it dovetails with something that you and I have discussed with Kate, which is there may be a slot open for the uh, Biden backup. Uh, a centrist candidate who can win a general um, if Biden were to fade. There has been no major catastrophic flame out for Biden, but other centrist candidates have really failed to rise. And so you see that top tier, uh, you know, looking like Biden, Warren and Sanders. Uh, And so a lot of national uh, Democrats have been concerned that Warren and Sanders could lose to a Donald Trump, and Buttigieg is just an unknown quantity. This is really Bloomberg leaving an option open by making sure he's on the ballot in the first state, Alabama. This is not him officially getting in yet. It's keeping options open, and he's got $50 billion to do that with, so you shouldn't count him out no matter what your politics
0: are. Yeah, I think that's right. You know, he hasn't gotten in the race yet. He's merely just filing to get in Alabama. Obviously, the New Hampshire deadline's coming up soon, and that, I think, will be a truer test, right? Eventually, you either have to you-know-what or get off the pot. And right now, he's on that pot. Um, but we'll see whether or not he actually stays on it or gets off. But. I, look, I, I think there's a real question I have, John, which is how much of this Bloomberg thing, and obviously there's been a media spike of interest with this, how much of this is merely the New York City media knowing Michael Bloomberg? He was the mayor here, obviously, for over a decade. How much is this just him being in the backyard and therefore thinking highly of him versus sort of what the actual polls and the data says?
1: Well, look, I, 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 we know that the Democratic Party is evenly split between you know, moderates, slash conservatives and liberal slash very liberal. Michael Bloomberg uh, certainly has a centrist record in the context of New York City politics, uh, but the left's anger at even the notion he might get in is a little odd, given the fact that he's been the biggest funder for a lot of liberal causes, particularly gun reform and climate change. I think the big question is, Joe Biden, who obviously occupies the lane he would run in, um, has a demonstrated ability to date to win over African-Americans and working class voters? Mike Bloomberg's ability to do that is untested, unknown, and probably shouldn't be assumed to be an easy path. He is a billionaire from New York City. Then again, so is Donald Trump, and he successfully run as a conservative populist. Um, but the sheer volume of money, if Mike Bloomberg gets in... He and his team have said they're going to spend a billion uh, to to, to be competitive in a primary and anything beyond that in a general. So I don't think you can you can count him out. Uh, And for those centrist and moderate and and conservative Democrats, he'd be an appealing candidate. Can he bring together a broader coalition? Totally unknown. It's going to be a question of him, his record. Uh, He's not the most charismatic, you know, you know politician he ever met, but that amount of money, amount of money can achieve almost
0: anything. You know, I, let me lay out the skeptical case for Michael Bloomberg, which I've been, you know, doing for a while now. And and I'm someone, obviously, if you can't tell by my accent, a New Yorker through and through. Um, a, a, but here's what well, I yeah, look someone at.
1: Someone from the Bronx who hates the Yankees, which is totally unforgivable. But well, go on. well,
0: you know, look, we all have our pluses and minuses, and that's one of my pluses. Uh, here's the deal. Uh, The deal to me is you look at the polling data and you look at it before, you know, Bloomberg initially said in March that he wasn't going to run. Where was he polling in the national polls? He was polling in the low single digits, not quite one percent, but two, three percent regularly. You look in Iowa. What did you see? The final poll that was taken there by CNN essentially showed that his unfavorable rating was about 10 points higher than his favorable rating among likely Democratic caucus goers. And then, John, I think you headed it really, really well. Ideologically, Biden— and Bloomberg are running pretty much in that same lane. Right. That sort of moderate to conservative Democrat. But of course, ideology is not just the is not the only way in which voters make up their mind. You also have to look demographically. And you essentially were saying, especially among African-American voters who are Joe Biden's base, he's getting regularly 40 percent plus of that vote. How in the devil's head is Michael Bloomberg, who basically had such a poor relationship with African-Americans by the end of his term, that Bill de Blasio, who last I checked was not the greatest politician in the world, was able to get into the mayor's mansion because of his stance on stop and frisk and Michael Bloomberg's sour relationship with African-Americans. I, I just don't see it, but maybe the money that he spends could possibly do it. Where, where, where am I going wrong here?
1: Look, I think that is the big challenge and how much of the money and how much of a general election argument uh, can compensate. This has a degree of YOLO to it. You only live once. Bloomberg's wanted to be president. He's looked at running before. He studied running as an independent aggressively, not just in 2016, but also in 2012, and concluded that he couldn't win, both because of the House of Representatives, and he might act as a spoiler uh, and and end up electing Donald Trump, who he disdains. Uh, He's somebody, by the way, you know, who's to, to Donald Trump's great irritation, worth many multiples, whatever Donald Trump might
0: plan. And worth and many more than I am as well.
1: And, and that, is, that is true, too, but I didn't think it needed to be said. No. Uh, that, that said, uh, look, you know, he is, he is not a charismatic campaigner. He is not a great orator. Um, he's someone who is deeply respected by a lot of influential folks, and he may play better uh, nationally than for example with the African-american community in New York towards the end of his term although I think his mayoralty looks pretty good in the rearview mirror he's probably significantly more popular than Bill de Blasio in New York City right now for example um, but these are among the many challenges he's facing uh, what he's what he's tapping into though is I think a at the very least a donor class concern mm-hmm. among Democrats uh, that if Biden flames out if there's an unexpected event which could very well happen and in any debate, folks are keeping an eye out for this, despite his buoyancy in the polls, that a, a Bernie Sanders or an Elizabeth Warren could lose against uh, Donald Trump because they're too far left. And in Bloomberg's own spoke, you know, AIDS words, uh, he views Donald Trump as an existential threat
0: to the republic. Yeah, I think you I, I, one thing I think you pointed out so importantly, there was this is a donor class thing, in my opinion. It's not necessarily a voter thing. Biden is still holding it around 30 percent nationally. He's obviously weaker in Iowa. And so there's a case to be made there, although I'm not quite sure why Mike Bloomberg would be particularly strong in Iowa. Uh, But I, I think it's a donor class thing and not necessarily a voter thing. When you look at the polls two thirds or upwards, some polls north of 80 percent of Democratic primary voters say that they are satisfied with their choices. And so I'm just you know, I, I get it. You know, he's wanted to run for forever. You said YOLO. Look, he's in his upper 70s. He's actually slightly older than Joe Biden. This is pretty much it. But, you know, as someone who's such a data analytics guy, Michael Bloomberg, this strikes me as almost an anti-data analytics sort of move, but maybe, you know, maybe I'll be proven wrong. I don't know.
1: I, 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 I don't think any of us have... Any ability to guess what the impact of the kind of money he is willing to spend might be. The only, the closest analog we've seen in the cycle, of course, is Tom Steyer with two years of TV ads who qualified for debate stage when senators and governors couldn't do it. And Steyer has no governing record, uh, unlike Mike Bloomberg, who has quite a successful governing record, albeit as mayor of New York City, but for 12 years. Um, and, and another core aspect of, of his credibility among a certain class of Democrats, and you saw it, notably, he reached. out to Gina Raimondo, uh, governor of Rhode Island, very well respected among centrist Democrats who uh, value fiscal responsibility, is that, that he's seen as a guy who's fiscally responsible um, and, and, you know, can, can take some of the arguments you hear Donald Trump supporters make. He's a businessman. No one can buy him, uh, you know, therefore be good for the economy. When I think a lot of folks are saying, good, you know, if, 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 even if, if Elizabeth Warren were to win, it is possible that her policies would set off a recession, which would be very bad for Democrats down ballot. It's going to be a question about whether there becomes an opening because of an unexpected event. Uh, and the center needs a new candidate to rally around, and the X factor of literally a billion dollars being spent, and what can that do to build support? It may be nothing. Hillary Clinton outspent uh, Donald Trump dramatically, and it didn't matter. On the other hand, we just haven't seen anything like this in a primary, let alone the general, potentially.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. It is an insurance policy, and I think you sort of hit at it as well with the fact that Michael Bloomberg, for all of his social policies that may be the left, you know, say gun control, say climate change, is the more fiscally moderate candidate. And I think that's the type of thing uh, that disturbs Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders and is also the reason why Michael Bloomberg is dis- is disturbed by Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders. Well, John, we're going to have to leave it there. So that's it for now. But I thank you for joining me via the phone. You're a beautiful, beautiful man. and I never want you to forget that. Um,
1: the same way about you, Harry. Be good, buddy.
0: <laughs> thank you. And thank you for listening, everybody. Uh, tweet us how you think Bloomberg might impact the 2020 race. I'm, of course, on Twitter at Forecast Renton, and my colleague John Avalon is at John Avalon. And please remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. While you're there, leave us a rating or a comment. Of course, the five-star variety is preferred. And special thanks to Amy Eason, Raj Makhijha, and David Toledo. We'll see you back here next week with our regularly scheduled episode of the Forecast Fest. Until then, Shalom and be well.